We're doing Psalms this summer. We got some more. But we're at 96. Did you know there are 150 of them? Okay, Psalm 96, glorious. We are looking at a psalm of praise. Uh, the psalmist is, is caught up in the immensity, the glory, the wonders of the living God and is asking us to join with him in recognizing who this God really is. So that's how we enter into this. Sing your praise to the Lord. Here's the... Um, First two verses again, sing a new song to the Lord, let the whole earth sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, praise his name, each day proclaim the good news that he saves. So we've got an introduction that says sing a new song, you think, wow, this thing's been around a while, this is like 3,000 years old, and even then recognizing uh, new songs are needed. There's a reason for that. You get you listen to some familiar ones, and if you know all 577 songs in hymns in the hymnal, then those those are familiar. Often you sing maybe a hundred of them that are really familiar, and they're meaningful. But they're usually meaningful in most of the songs, depending on when your era of becoming a Christian was, and if you became a Christian during a particular style of music, and everybody has in our time, then those songs from that time are most relevant. They speak to your heart. And they speak to you of, and this is part of why it's so meaningful, I had an experience. I felt God. I thought of these things. This happened at this event. I was at this church. I was at this camp. I was at this driving down a road, God touched me in some particular way. And when I hear that song, it brings back all those memories. And all the other people sitting in the car with you or sitting in the church with you or going through life with you didn't have that same experience. You're the one. So that song is so awesome to you. So why should we sing a new song? Because you think, man, that one, you know, I just want to play the ones I like over and over and over. And then we have a psalm like this that says something goofy like sing a new one. Because God is fresh every morning. He's bringing new things every day. He's acting every day. If your only experience is when that song happened and it was 25 years ago, God has done a lot in the last 25 years. Why haven't you noticed that? You've got to hear that song to take you back to that moment. Nothing wrong with that. Don't forget the new song that brings out the new things, the new encounters, the new experience, the freshness of God, new understanding of who he is and what he's doing, how he's acting in this world, how he's impacting other people, and how those songs impact them. All of it. Sing a new song to the Lord. We're invited to be participating in that and maybe even come up with our own. So things come from our heart and we're just reflecting back what wonders God has brought into our lives and we want to sing that. And the whole, the whole earth is invited to sing to the Lord. The whole earth. You recognize that a lot of people don't really understand who God is the way we do. So 
What are we being told? That God wants people to come. He is inviting the world to be part of this. The whole world, all of creation, all that's been made, and all the people come together, sing, praise him, acknowledge him, recognize who he is. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. His, his, the, everything that's represented in him, his name points to him, points to his character, points to his deeds. It points to everything that he is in his power, his authority. Praise his name, proclaim the good news that he saves. That's something. Each day, proclaim the good news that he saves. And in our evangelical world, the Christian view of that would be that Jesus came, died on a cross, and he saves us so I can go to heaven. That is exactly not what that's saying. 3,000 years ago, this was written. That's 1,000 years before Jesus comes. He's not even here yet. He's not writing about that. He's talking about deliverance, that God is the one who comes in and helps you When everything looks upside down, your back's against the wall, and it's God who comes, and he delivers you out of trouble. He delivers you when you're short of food, when you're short of water. He's in those examples we've covered in in previous psalms because he's talking about those elements. And so he saves. But don't let your mind go directly to, oh, let's talk about Jesus and how we get to heaven. Uh, that's that's true, but that's a thousand years later. This is talking about God showing up in this time when you're on the earth, living in a physical body, and he's delivering you so that you can see God at work in this world today. So sing a new song. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Recognize that he's the one he saves. So we are to broadcast what he has done. That's verse 3. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. And the nations, in, in biblical thinking, is not the ones you find on your map when you roll out your Rand McNally and you see the lines and the political borders. That's not the same. These are nations. This is... Representing people groups, peoples, and it may be a political empire. It may be the, a national identity that is ethnic, may be connected to a language group. All of the different kinds of people and family breakup that is all around the world, that's, that's the nation. So among all the nations, publish his glorious deeds let it be known tell tell everyone about the amazing things he does and we're supposed to sing a new song because it's fresh god's active things are happening now as it was then and will be in the future let people know that let people of all sorts all around the world know that so here's how we do this here here are the tellings what I'm not really sure that's a word. Maybe I made that up. Tellings, anyway. What people tend to tell. So here here we go with some some of the things people tend to tell. Um, What others have done and they don't like. People like to tell about that. Just think about your conversations. 
your conversations with the people around you when you get up in the morning, when you get home from work, school, when you're, you've been to a family reunion. Let's just think. What others have done that they don't like. What others should do. There's a category. What I've done. What I have heard. What the weather's doing. What God ought to do. What others should do to be right with God. We've got all kinds of tellings we come up with that, you know, we just, huh. What God's people should tell. God saves. Didn't we just cover that? God's glorious deeds. Didn't he just tell us about that? God's amazing actions. That ever get buried? Probably heard people, you know, you should lead with that. Like, that's a big deal. That, that should probably be brought up. But we're too busy telling what others have done we don't like. Others should do. We're working our way through all the tellings. Well, part of that's because of what's a big deal. The big deal. The big deal bent. So... Whatever it is in our heart, in our mind, the priority, the main thing, what is it that's really got us going, and that's a big deal. There's the recent big deal, whatever that may be, and it can be a big deal that's negative, it can be a big deal at the hospital, it can be a big deal at work, got a new job, lost a job, uh, wrecked a car, bought a new car, you just whatever the big deal, the recent big deal. The feel-good big deal and we can have all of those in, uh, relationships or how things are going and the flow of the world around us. And that's, that's kind, of, kind of a big thing. But we can't get it out of our mind. You know, if you, when you're starting to, the whole dating thing, when you're in that, that realm, and you go, I can't, can't get this feel-good thing out. I can't sleep. I, I, I can't focus. You go, why not? The feel-good, big deal. The accomplishment, big deal. The accomplishment, big deal. Got a trophy, got a, did well at work, did well on a test, did well with whatever it, it is. It's just gotten done, a project finished, and there's an accomplishment. So that's in the mind, and that's a big deal, and that's priority. That's what gets talked about. The frustration, big deal. That can be with somebody or something, some situation, something you heard on the news. It can be the way the world's gone, and it's not as good as it used to be, and there's the whole frustration. Big deal. The worry, big deal. The world's going to end soon, and it should. The worry, big deal. Everything's awful, and what are we going to do? And people have been you know, saying that for thousands of years, so... Yeah, just we're joining the club. But it's the big deal, whatever that is. The like-mindedness big deal, that, that can be the, the things that we, the t- people we tend to, are drawn to. And if they like our football team, if they go to the same school, if we're better than them, and wh- whatever the like-mindedness may be, there, there's just an attraction and a, a tendency to bend. I'm going to talk about that. That's a big deal. It's a big deal bent. 
So we have all kinds of things. These are all these different tellings. So what amazing big deals has God done? What amazing big deals has God done? Wow. Okay. So, eternal big deals. If I take all of those things, my recent big deal, the feel-good, the accomplishments, the frustration, the worry, like-mindedness, and I take all of those that occupy my heart, my mind, my time, my words, and none of them hold a candle to the eternal things of the living God. Just think about that. Just, just give it half a second. Why would our 168 hours gifted to us by the living God every week be filled with everything but the God of eternity. Just, how is that? How can that, how can that be? Ah, so he's got eternal big deals, things that go beyond time. They're out there in the heavens. He is at work. He has all of his heavenly beings and all of heavenly creation that's out there in eternity. And by the way, we're all headed there. And it's, it's just one of those kind of directions that uh, maybe, maybe we forget unless, you know, we're in the hospital and thinking I'm on my last leg and now I'm going to think about eternity. Just think about it more, that God is out there preparing a place for you. You will spend more time there than here ever. And there is a direction you are headed in that direction. You're not coming from there to here. You are not going back to kindergarten. You are moving your way through, and you are headed into his presence. Eternity is really where you're going to wind up. So obviously, the big deal, the really big deal is to think about what's recent, what's a big deal to me, what's my worry, what's... You see the problem. He's out there with something huge. And he's got something great in mind. Eternal big deals. Universal big deals. Bigger than us. Bigger than our concerns. Bigger than our worries. He's at work in a larger way on this planet with people of every nation. And he wants to do something great to bring all of this together. He's at work doing that. And he is going to use us as we join and partner with him in this process. So there's a big deal. There's eternal big deals to talk about, universal big deals where God is at work here and in Africa and Asia and Australia, all around the world. There are church big deals. He's building a church. Jesus said, I came to do this. I'm going to set this thing up, and I will build my church. I don't know. I don't like that guy. I don't like that church. I don't like the way they do that. I don't like to just... We come up with all kinds of things about the big deals about church. Not from God's perspective. Because then we go back to our big deal. What's the recent big deal? What's the thing that makes me feel good? Big deal. Accomplishment. Big deal. And, and that can be the church. And God is saying, I'm trying to do this thing that is going to so radically 
alter people's lives. I want them to know me, the one true living God. I want them to experience a spiritual renewal, transformation of, in the way that they think and relate and live and exist in this world. I want to bring all of that. I'm going to do it through the church. It's a big deal. God's working through that. Community big deals. He's working through what's happening in, in counties and countries and courthouses. He's at work all around us. When we open our eyes, we can see God at work doing really amazing things. That's a big deal. Personal big deals. That's when we get called to proclaim the good news that he saves. He delivers. He comes through for us. He's got our back. Personal big deal. Well, I really haven't had one of those since, you know, 2013. Because we haven't looked. We don't give him credence. Because the big deal is our worry and our other big deals that kind of interfere with the ability to see the eternal, the universal, the amazing God at work in such a way that he takes our personal lives and includes it in his work. We are just as included in his work that's going on around the world as the people in London or Rome, Barcelona or wherever else. He's at work in us through us. He wants us to be part of this. So what amazing big deals has God done with you, in you, around you? Broadcast what God has done. Verse 3, publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. All those people, all the different people, when you're on Facebook, Instagram, let them know. God is doing something great. He is amazing. Proper response to God. Verse 4, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Great is the Lord. He's acknowledging, giving him his place, his rightful place. He's most worthy of praise. And this is in opposition to complaint and being ignored, he's worthy of praise, of lifting him up, of recognizing who he is. He's to be feared above all gods and because they recognize the reality of the gods that exist, the psalmist is telling us those, those spiritual beings, those who have rebelled against God's plan, went their own way and decided to take the, as many people as they could with them, and they play a part in the, what's happening among the nations, what's happening in communities, what happens in people's personal lives. They are playing a part, and they demand reverence, and they demand fear if they can't get reverence. They want to be worshipped. They want to be acknowledged like the true God, the one most high God. They desire that. So the psalmist is saying, don't, don't get sucked into that. Recognize that he is the one to be feared above all gods. Don't give in to them. Don't, don't get distracted. Don't buy into their threats or their temptations because they're laying them out all the time, all around the world. 
the real deal, verses 5 and 6. The gods of other nations are mere idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. He's the one. He's the real one. He created all. He made the heavens. He also created those beings that rebelled against him, including human beings who have said, no, thanks, I'm going to go my own way. He created everything. He's the one. And he takes us back there. And he's saying these are are idols. Most of them are representations, these uh, heavenly beings, the, the rebellious ones who've join the dark side are not able to be everywhere at once so they may have appeared at some point in some culture and as a result they've made idols so they're just empty blocks of wood or metal or something and people go and worship those Eh, periodically these things these beings actually do show up and then they they scare the bejesus out of them so then they that's where you get the he's god is the one to be feared to be feared above all gods. It's him. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. It's him. Ah, pay tribute. Verses 7 and 8. Nations of the world recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Recognizing him. Recognizing that he is, he's the one and only, the one who deserves the glory. Not all the others, not all spread out, not, not ourselves, not substituting our stuff for him. All of that. This is really turning everything upside down and saying, God, it really is God. And I get it. So you bring your offering and you come into his courts. You bring yourself, you bring your heart, you bring your, your longings, your desires, your dreams, and you bring them to him. You bring your offerings to this one true God, and you come into his courts, into his presence, into his place, and you bring it to him. The Lord reigns, verses 9 through 10. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations The Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. He puts all of that together. The the Lord reigns, which means uh, kings and emperors are not the ones ultimately who are in charge. They didn't create. They don't make this play. They don't hold it together. That's why he says the world stands firm, cannot be shaken. Why? Because God's holding it together. He holds all of it together. That's why it's still here. It's why we haven't spun off in the space. He put it here, and he's holding it together. And then he's looking at the nations. He's looking at the peoples, and he's going to judge all nations fairly. All the people will be taken care of. You think, man, there's injustice. People don't get it. They violated. They've abused. They, they've, they're just out of control. He will take care of it. He will judge all peoples fairly because he knows the motives. And people bring up, well, here's my excuse. This is why I'm that way. You know, I was treated badly as a kid. But we just come up all kinds of things. And God in heaven's going to go, really? I was there. I know all the ins and outs. I know all the decisions you made. I know every thought you came up with. I know what your attitude was. You want to you try it again? 
he will judge fairly. And he knows exactly what needs to happen. And he will bring it about. Shout his praise. Verse 11, let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the heavens be glad. Out there in the heavens, there are heavenly beings. And we are told in these images in the book of Revelation, myriads and myriads, millions and millions of these heavenly beings, all sorts, not just one type of uh, angel that you've seen imprinted or on a poster and then somehow copied over and over and over, over again like stormtroopers, and you get a whole bunch of them, and then they fill the heavens. They are unique. They have names. They, they have personality. They have individual thought. You realize they were made first, and human beings were made second. That was the heavenly family God made. And they watched as creation was unfolding. We're told in Job that they were watching as God created and they sang because they're so excited about what God was doing and how cool it was when he built all of this. And then he puts people here and they're going, oh man, we get more family. There's a whole different family, a physical family. and They're going to be part of this too with all the uniquenesses and personality, and they're different, and wow, we get to all be in this together. And it's part of the, let the heavens be glad. All of them are glad for this God, the Most High God, who's made everything and joined them all together, and and the earth rejoice, all of it. The creation, the creation that we have here. So we have the whole universe, we have the stars out there, we have the heavens beyond eternity, we have all, let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. All the waters of the earth, just think all the Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, and we got all those creatures in there, and God knows who they are. He knows each one of them, and they can actually recognize the creator, which is a lot smarter than a lot of people are. They can recognize him. And they're grateful. They can call out. They can can shout his praise. And they do that as they live and jump. And you just watch a, a dolphin come up out of the water and fly across the air and back into the water. And you go, wow, that's like he's enjoying this. Yeah, God made him do it. Enjoy this creation, this world that he's it's just so cool. Burst out with joy. Verses 12 through 13. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest rustle with praise before the Lord, for he is coming. So all of the fields, and you see them, you see the flowers coming out, and they're just looking up to the heavens, and you're going, wow. Those things are, those are pretty. They're also bursting out with life and they're praising God by doing what they were made to do. And they were, and and they're bursting out with joy. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest rustle with praise before the Lord for he is coming. Recognizing him, recognizing that God 
invades this world. He participates. He has not abandoned us. He is around. New things are happening. That's why we sing a new song. New things are happening. God is active. He is working. He's available. We need to acknowledge him and make him a priority, recognizing that he is the most high. Respect him for who he is. We are told that creation knows that it is under limitations because of the fallenness that's happened, the rebellion that's happened in the heavens and the rebellion that's happened on earth among people. We pick that up in Romans 8.22. It talks about pain. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. All creation has been held back, not living up to its full potential because of the brokenness, the rebellion, people wanting to do their own thing. And because of that, creation, earth, the heavens around us have been affected. And that, the creation is saying, man, we just, we're ready. We want, we want God to come back. We want this thing straightened out. We want to move on to the life and, and the design for which we were made. And they're waiting for that. All creation has been groaning, waiting for that. So what can you say about God? What can you say about God? God is worthy of honor. He's worthy of honor because of his uniqueness, accomplishments, and attributes. There's no one like him. He's called holy because of his uniqueness, because he is the most high. He made all the other beings. He made all that exists in heaven, everything that exists on the earth. There's no other being like him. He's unique, holy, set aside from all others because he stands above all others. God is worthy of honor because of his uniqueness, his accomplishments, the things that he's done in the past. And you read in the scriptures and you go, wow, that's amazing. That's miraculous. That's so fantastic that those miracles happened then. And God says, the reason I gave you that book is so that you can know that I am alive and well now. You can experience things today because I am real. And I'm heading somewhere in the future and I want you to participate and be part of that. So join me in this whole, whole process. Let's see the things that I can do. Look at the marvelous deeds that God is doing, accomplishing today. His attributes, his eternality, he is limitless in his resources and power. He is the one who knows all things, all wisdom, He's the one who loves, truly loves, to the depth of each person. He knows us every bit, and he loves truly. He is that person, attributes that are just unparalleled. God is greater than the gods of the nations, the gods of the nations, those powers behind the throne those invisible forces that just wreck entire civilizations. They're working 
over time to drag people down. And they are looking at ways to divide and cause trouble and to kill. They're just looking for ways to, to disrupt whatever good God is doing. But God is greater than the gods of the nations, and he's at work. And when we join with him, we're with him to bring good into the world, to bring light, to shine, and to turn things around in another way. We do it personally. We do it within our families, within our communities, within the church. And we make a difference in the world by bringing him here, by praising him, by singing the new songs. God created and creation reacts with praise. And you can say that. You can talk about who he is, what he's done, that he's greater than the gods of other nations. Remember, our battle is not flesh and blood. We've got a whole other thing going on here. And he is at work in all of that. And God created and all of the creation, the, the dirt that gets hard as a rock when you're trying to plant something because it's so dry, uh, the, trying to deal with plants or trying to get out in water, and you go, wow, it's, you know, it's hot, summertime, and yep. And we get to go out there and water, and we get to see plants grow, and we get to see birds come, and we get to see some animals survive, and maybe you know, some of the cows in the field, and we, we get to be part of all that. And creation is, is something that re- can remind us when we open our eyes to what God has done to the amazing things that he is still at work doing. And we get to be part of it. We get to be participants in it. We get to observe it around us. And we can talk to others about what he has done. And we can sing a song, the songs of praise, because of who he is and what he has done. So... Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name each day. Proclaim the good news that he saves. Our God is an awesome God. So we're going to sing some praise to him too following this. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us some time to think about you, to break away from the normal things that grab our attention, that... Keep us distracted. Keep us off base. Lord, the things that divide, the things that will ultimately destroy us and lead us to death. Lord, we look to you for life. We look to you for color. We look to you for the songs of the angels. Lord, we look to you because you are the creator and there is no other. And we do praise your holy name. And it is in Jesus' name, by his authority, we pray these things. Amen.